Hey, welcome to Movie Dustin Podcast, another show on the internet where a dude tells his opinion about movies even though no one asked. On this show, I like to talk about movies new and old and my thoughts on them and if I have any, any personal connections to them. So let's get started. Alright, here we go. First episode of the of my new podcast. It's probably going to go terrible, but that's what first episodes are for. <laughs> so, I spent the last several days trying to think of what is the perfect first movie to talk about on here. What's the movie that's going to get people to listen to? And obviously, the choice I arrived at was Peter Jackson's 2005 remake of King Kong. So, as a kid, I was, you know, super obsessed with Lord of the Rings. I think that's one of the first film franchises I was ever like I could say I was a huge big fan of not counting Star Wars and Peter Jackson was like the first filmmaker I really like knew the name of and can pinpoint yeah that's a director I like and so I was obviously after Return of the King came out I was super on board for whatever movie he wanted to do next and I've come to find out that he was going to be doing King Kong which King Kong, like, as a kid, it was one of those things where I was aware of what King Kong was, but I never had seen the original or had, like, any bearing on the history of King Kong. But Peter Jackson, so I was excited for it. And, unfortunately, I was never able to see it in theaters because I'm a dumb kid at the time. I can't I can't afford money. I can't afford to go to the theater, and I can't convince my dad to take me to every single movie that comes out. Plus, Peter Jackson's King Kong, I believe, came out around December 2005, so it was Christmas, so whatever. So I ended up seeing it way after the fact on DVD. I remember my dad coming home, he bought the DVD. It was like, it was a nice special edition. It was in the black slip cover with a tiny picture of King Kong on it. So came home from after school, watched that, and I spent the next three hours just being blown away by this movie. And honestly, when it comes to my now love of monster films, I can pinpoint that this is the movie that kickstarted my love for it. I've come into possession of a map. An uncharted island. A place that was thought to exist only in myth. Wall! There's a wall ahead! So I'm pretty sure the plot of King Kong really needs no explanation, but I guess for the uninitiated, both the original 1933 film directed by Marion C. Cooper and this remake are about this film crew led by Carl Denham. In this version, he's played by Jack Black. He They decide to go on this tr- ocean trip to the middle, middle of nowhere in hopes to find this mythical skull island where Carl Denham hopes to shoot his film. And he's heard legends of a beast that beast being King Kong, and he hopes to capture this this beast and take it back to New York. And if you have any idea how any monster movie goes down, you know exactly what's going to happen here. <laughs> so anyway, about this remake, the big reason why I love it, and the big reason why I love Peter Jackson as a filmmaker, is just a sense of adventure and fun this movie has. Like... Where the the main character in itself is almost like the adventure we go on. 
we start out, we are in 1930s New York that's like beautifully recreated with a mixture of sets and CGI. We go on the ship that's like super run down, it's cramped, it's claustrophobic. We're on there for like what seems like days. We finally get to Skull Island and it's super creepy, there's fog, shadow everywhere. And then when Anne, Anne Darrow, played by Naomi Watts, gets kidnapped by Kong and all the crew set out on this expedition to go rescue her, it becomes just this non-stop monster action adventure film that's just constantly like up upping itself in terms of the set pieces, the action. You start off with this stampede of dinosaurs and all the characters are running through running through the legs and they're being chased by these velociraptor creatures. You have the climax you have this battle between Kong and these V-Rexes, not T-Rexes, V-Rexes, because one of the things I really love about the Skull Island is the fact that this island has existed for such a long time. All the dinosaurs and these creatures have just evolved to like these bigger, badder versions of their prehistoric selves. And in the and like I was saying, you see this awesome fight between King Kong and three of these V-Rexes. Just Everything about this movie just is so much fun, and Peter Jackson just is having the time of his life filming it. His, he works with a cinematographer Andrew Lesney, who he did Lord of the Rings with, and he also did the Hobbit trilogy with too before Andrew Lesney passed away in 2015. Their, their work together is so great because they do such a great job of putting all of this to scale. Scale? Like, you... You always feel tiny while watching it. There, are, there was all these sequences of like the characters walking through this island, and you see these big, lush landscapes, these old, dilapidated landmarks and stuff, and they all look super small against them. And it's a beautiful blend of CGI, practical sets, and you just... Oh man, just I was watching it again last night, and I just I just felt I felt I love almost every single frame. I want to take a moment to talk about Andy Serkis, who, by all accounts, is one of the most underrated performers of our lifetime. He is constantly giving such great performances, not just as Gollum, but as King Kong. He does a fantastic job as Caesar in the Planet of the Apes series. And he constantly does these great roles where, yeah, he's covered in CGI, but, like, it's still his performance. They still use his actions, his his emotions, and he does such a great job of making you connect with these characters that you wouldn't normally connect with. And he does such a great job as King Kong. And his and his performance mixed with the, with the work of Weta Digital create one of my favorite versions of this character because he because one of the things that's not directly stated but it's always heavily implied especially in this one is that King Kong he is the last of his species and they do such a great job of just creating design that really sells that his body is always like it's all scarred up like fur is kind of like thinning out in some places his he has scars on his face like he has gray hair and there's always this kind of sense of sadness whenever he's not fighting these giant monsters. And Andy Serkis, he does so much with saying so very little. And this 
And unlike his eighth performance in, in Planet of the Apes, which don't get me wrong, is fantastic, especially in the in the first first one and the third one, third one, um, he is able to to create that same level of connection, but with the character that's still just an animal. He's st- and I I'm always sad that people always write off Andy Serkis as a CGI guy, and I'm super. Ex- Super excited to see him have a hopefully a meteor role in Matt Reeves' The Batman, which hopefully comes out next year. And I'm hoping he finally gets some recognition that he rightfully deserves. The entire cast is also just fantastic. Naomi Watts plays Andero in this film, and she does such a great honor to Faye Ray, who played Andero in the in the 1930s original. Naomi Watts is one of my favorite scream queens just just because of this movie. Uh, Adrian Brody also does a really solid job as Jack Driscoll, our lead hero. His the scenes where his character and King Kong stand off, especially this one scene in New York at the end, where they have this epic stare down, is one of my favorite moments in the entire film. Kyle Chandler plays this like cowardly actor, and he's such a slime ball, and I love it, and I find it really funny now that he's back doing these monster movies he was in Godzilla King of the King of, Mon- King of the Monsters and he's probably going to be up in the upcoming Godzilla vs. Kong so I always find it, find it funny that the way I was introduced to this actor was in a monster movie and now several years later he's in monster movies again <laughs> but probably one of the more underrated actors in this film and also one of the most underappreciated performances of the early 2000s is Jack Black as Carl Denham I always see people trashing this decision because they're just like, he's being Jack Black, blah, blah, blah. I, however, really, really love him in this movie. He gives such a very scumbag performance that feels very accurate to how movie directors would be, especially during this time period. Period. He has, and Jack Black, like, usually, yeah. He, he's Jack Black in most of the stuff he plays, but in this one, he actually really tones it back down, and he gives this it gives a really great performance where he starts out, yeah, he seems kind of sleazy, but he does seem like someone you can trust. He trust, he cares about his crew, but as like they go on this island and more and more people starting to get picked off, and you see him just becoming more and more desperate to get this movie done and film, you see just kind of like, in his in his face just go go from Jack Black to just kind of this very almost kind of evil type of person and it's a performance I think is super overlooked and I wish people would like it more because I think Jack Black is a severely underrated serious actor and it would be a while it wouldn't be until uh, Richard Linklater's Bernie that we would get a performance that's kind of on that level again from him I'm going to show you the greatest thing your eyes have ever beheld. He was a king in the world he knew, but he comes to you now a captive. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Kong, the eighth wonder of the world! Overall, I think one of the big reasons why I adore this film is because just of the pure 
love and passion Peter Jackson has for King Kong and the story. I would say, I would arguably say that he has more passion for King Kong than he does Lord of the Rings, and we probably, and we didn't, and as a filmmaker, we probably never got this passion from him again up until his documentary, They Shall Not Grow Old, because this is really just a labor of love from Peter Jackson, because Peter Jackson grew up watching the original King Kong, and that's what inspired him to make movies, so much so that in his movie Brain Dead, he referenced the zombie plague that gets unleashed in the movie is from Skull Island and he was originally set to do this movie back in the 90s like right before he was doing Lord of the Rings and it was and he was gonna do it with a mixture of like old-fashioned practical effects like 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 the original King Kong using stop-motion and CGI and it was close to be close to actually going into production until Universal released the Roland Emmerich Godzilla film and then Disney did their remake of Mighty Joe Young and Universal decided, you know, we are, we have dinosaurs, we have have giant monkey movies. We're gonna pass on King Kong. So he did, did Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings ended up being the smash hit that it is. And Universal was like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do, we're gonna do your movie now, which I'm so glad he did. And his love for the original is just all over this remake. Like there are. Countless references to the original film, from uh, Carl Denham making references to Faye Wade, RKO, and and Marion C. Cooper. Um, when they finally get King Kong to New York and they do like the big kind of almost Broadway show esque version of their adventures on Skull Island, it is pretty much just like the original 1933 natives like with the music, the way they're dressed up and stuff. It's so good. Uh, Peter Jackson does a cameo as a gunner pilot at the end, which Mary C. Cooper also did. I also recently found out Frank Darabont is a cameo as a gunner, which I did not know. And I, th- and I think one of the sequences that really showcases his love for the original is the insect pet scene, which is probably... My favorite scene in the movie, and also because also it's terrifying. Um, so, in in the original 1930s King Kong, there was a scene where all the crew they're on this log. King Kong picks up the log, shakes it off. They all fall down to the pit. In the movie, that's where that's where it stops. We don't see from those people again. However, originally there was supposed to be a sequence where they're in the bottom of this pit, and these giant insects come out and attack, kill them. It's really brutal, especially for 1933. It was cut out of the film. Um, rumors were because it, um, the studio and audience thought it was too terrifying. I think the official reason why is because Marion C. Cooper said that it stopped the film dead in its tracks. Either way, it was cut out. The footage is lost forever, unfortunately. There are still pictures of it that exist, and then also screenplay notes that showcase that, yes, the scene existed. So, it's almost poetic in this in this remake. Peter Jackson not only does the sequence, but it's in, during the sequence where Carl Denham he is has his film, he has his camera, he's filming King Kong. The camera falls into his pit and he loses the footage in this pit scene. And I it wasn't until almost I want to say fairly recently, like last year, when I watched this when I watched this movie, that. I, it really dawned on me. I'm like, oh, wow, this is actually referencing that. 
and yeah, just it's so good. <laughs> Anyways, that's that was me just rambling about how much I love Peter Jackson's remake of King Kong. Maybe someday I'll talk about Kong Sky Island, another monkey movie that I really love. This and I hope you enjoyed this first episode. Ho hopefully I'll try to get these episodes out weekly, and I'll hopefully I'll get better at it too. So sorry for any kind of lack of structure or anything. Just leave leave any feedback you got got, and I'll take that I'll take that in consideration. Be sure to subscribe. That if you if you do like this, and I'll catch you on the next Movie Dozen podcast. Laters.